Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to himself and gave them authority to drive out unclean spirits and to heal every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent these twelve out and commanded them, Do not go among the Gentiles, and do not enter any town of of the Samaritans. Go instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach this message, The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take gold, silver, or bronze in your money belts. Do not take a bag for the journey, or two coats, sandals, or a staff, because the worker deserves his support. Whenever you enter a town or village, find out who is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the household, give it your greeting. If the household is worthy, let your peace rest on it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or that town. Amen, I tell you, it will be more bearable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on guard against all people. They will hand you over to councils, and they will whip you in their synagogues. You will be brought in the presence of governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Whenever they hand you over, do not be worried about how you will respond or what you will say, because what you say will be given to you in that hour. In fact, you will not be the one speaking, but the Spirit of your Father will be speaking through you. Brother will hand over his brother to death and a father will do the same with his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all people because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. And when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. Amen, I tell you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor is a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If the master of the house was called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, because there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, and nothing hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground without the knowledge of and consent of my Father. And even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who confesses me before others, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. 
Do not think that I came to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink because he is my disciple, amen, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. This is the word of our God, Matthew chapter 10. As Jesus sends out his twelve disciples to the twelve tribes of Israel, we see that this apostolic mission in its in its scope, in its content, in its spirit, and its outcome is going to very much mirror the work of Jesus. The scope is determined by the mission of Jesus that um, that they go through Israel and not to the Gentiles. The gospel comes to the Jews first. When Jesus had fulfilled through his death, when Jesus has fulfilled his ministry, then the disciples are sent to all nations. And then we have the book of Acts, which records for us the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But right now, at this point in Christ's ministry, they are limited to the cities and towns of Israel. The content of the mission is like that of Jesus' own mission, the proclamation of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is near, and repent and believe the good news. The spirit of the mission is the spirit in which Jesus worked, that no, there's no you know, overwhelming concern for self. Don't take gold, silver, or bag. Um, but there's a confident dependent on God, the Lord of the harvest, who will provide food for his workmen who freely give what they have been freely given. And finally, the outcome of their mission is again like Jesus' own. There's the outcome of faith and unbelief, acceptance and rejection, houses that are worthy because they believe the message, and houses that, and towns even, that are unworthy because they refuse. And finally, peace of God and judgment at the end, that it would be worse for those towns than for Sodom and Gomorrah at the day of judgment. Such is the scope and content and spirit and outcome of the mission. And after the opening instructions about the scope and content and outcome of the mission and the spirit of this um, this missionary journey, Jesus then takes the rest of the chapter to describe what will happen and to convey to them what he has already implied in the opening verses when he has talked about where they are to go and what they are to say. The the message that you get from the rest of this discourse is that the apostle is the living extension of the Lord. Through the apostle, Jesus works by word and deed, by powers of signs and wonders and the Holy Spirit, that they share in the vindication and in the triumph of the crucified Savior. Whoever receives them receives Jesus and the Father who sent them. And as they are sent out, they will recognize that they can expect to repeat his history, persecution and betrayal and hatred, but suffering will no more frustrate their mission or stop their work than it stopped his work. 
that persecution would enable them to bring their testimony before kings, and the Spirit given them by their Father will give them the words that they must endure to the end, but in the end they will be saved, that the Son of Man will come and put an end forever to the life of persecution and and the eventual running that they will have to undertake due to the pursuit of those who oppose the message. And this opposition is going to be seen in everywhere, whether it's within within the synagogue and before governors and kings um, in the public square, within the church. They're going to be hated by the Jews and eventually hated by all people because Jesus and his claims are absolute. There's no compromise with him, even though even though you and I know that this Jesus is the one who cares about us most of all. So then finally... And then the chapter concludes with a little bit about Jesus, the Prince of Peace, not bringing peace to the earth. And and that's always kind of an interesting one to look at, because we're t- dealing with the reaction of people to the message that Christ is the Prince of Peace. That that title is given to him in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, um, and, the, and he will be called, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Yes, he does bring peace indeed, but it is God's peace which separates people from evil. And since people cling to their evil and refuse God's peace, exactly as Jesus talked about at the very beginning of this chapter, as you enter a house, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, your peace will rest on it. Otherwise, your peace will return to you. Since people cling to their evil and refuse the peace of God, the coming kingdom of Christ means for them judgment and a sword which divides and separates. When he says, uh, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth, I, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. That this kingdom cuts across the closest of ties, of, of those ties within the family, and it claims even the sacrifice of, of relatives. Consider verse 37. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That this kingdom of Christ cuts across across the closest ties, claims the sacrifice of family or familiar familial relationships at least, um, even claims the sacrifice of honor and life. The anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That that criminal's death on a cross, but only in Christ will life be found, real life, everlasting life. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Verse 39. And to cling to the life of this world, the doomed, and the the life of people dead in sin means losing the only real life that there is. And so what do we learn from this? Well, first of all, as Jesus sends his disciples out, he's very clear about what they are to expect and the reaction that will happen. He's not, he's not condemning any particular person to have any particular reaction. He's just saying this is the natural result, that sinful people love their sin, that people love to hold on to the glory that they see and the, the life that they have now, rather than turn away from that sin and turn toward the Savior, that they will experience rejection, that they will even experience persecution, and perhaps even death for the sake of Jesus. And what of it? <laughs> and what of it? For whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. 
that this Jesus makes incredible promises to you, dear friend. Stand firm, and he promises life. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless your day.